episode has potty language. This isn't really an, a full episode. It's actually more of a shorty, I suppose. We're still calling in that. This is a part of our Hearing God's Voice series that we had been doing. I am late posting this. Most certainly, I do ask your forgiveness. You probably noticed the the potty language warning at the beginning of this. That is courtesy of all of our collective children warning you that I might say a naughty word in this episode. And a lot of it is just fair warning to illustrate a point. It's not just to be crass for the sake of being crass. It is to illustrate a point. And most of the time, it's actually not a potty word in the true definition. I am, of course, talking about Balaam's ass. That's right, a talking donkey we read about in the book of Numbers. A lot of people don't realize we encounter a talking donkey (laughs) in Scripture, but we do. And it's actually a beautiful story that illustrates something we can learn a lot from. And I'm kind of excited about this because I remember when I was studying Scripture in undergrad, I had a very funny, quirky uh, professor who would always like to say, kind of in a humbling us and keeping us in our place sort of way, and kind of a dad joke sort of way, I suppose. He'd always say, if God can speak out of Balaam's ass, he can use everyone. Now, please don't be offended by that. It is kind of funny if you think about it. He is, of course, talking about the donkey. If God can use a donkey, he can use the donkey that is you. He can use the donkey that is me. And um, so, yeah, I've just, for whatever reason... That phrase has always stuck with me. Initially, I thought it was funny, but it's also there's also an, a lesson in it that sometimes we think ourselves too unworthy, and in a way, it is prideful to say, "Lord, you can't use me," as if we know better. But the Lord can use all of us to speak His word, to speak a, a, a word of grace into the lives of others. If He can use a donkey to do that, He certainly can use you. And that's part of the lesson in this for this Hearing God's Voice series is that sometimes we hear the Lord speak through others if we're listening. Sometimes, very often, others hear the Lord speak through us if we allow ourselves to be open to being agents and channels of his grace in the world, then God can certainly use us to speak in the in the life of others. Even if we are a stubborn, hard-headed donkey like myself, God can certainly use us. So I said Balaam's ass. What did I mean by that? Who is Balaam? Obviously ass, we're talking about a donkey here, but who is Balaam? So here we come to a story in scripture. Numbers 22 is where you'll find this, where the Israelites are making their way to the promised land. They're wanting to cross over into the promised land. They had been wandering for quite some time, and they're trying to make their way into the promised land. And to review the story, the backdrop, what's happening here, again, Numbers 22, when the Israelites drew near to the land known as Moab, The king of the Moabites, Balak was his name, feared they were about to invade Moab. And he sent for a wise man, a soothsayer by the name of, you guessed it, Balaam. 
to curse the Israelites and warn them that evil would befall them if they invaded the Moabite lands. However, God was not happy about this and told Balaam not to accompany them or agree to Balak's plan. So Balaam refused. Balak wouldn't take no for an answer, though. He was stubborn. So he sent another embassy to try and persuade the wise man to try and influence him and get him to change his mind. But Balaam refuses again because it doesn't matter what riches or honor Balak promises him. He cannot go against what God commands him. It's exactly what Balaam says here. God decides, however, that it would actually be better to allow Balaam to go to Moab, but he puts a stipulation on it. He says that God will control what Balaam says. He gets Balaam to agree with this plan. Once again, God places a condition on this, though. He says, if the men come to call you, rise and go with them, but only what I bid you, you shall do. If the men come to call you, rise and go with them and do what I bid you. But then we read, So Balaam rose in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. But God's anger was kindled because he went, and the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as his adversary. Now he was riding on the ass, and his two servants were with him. And the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. And the ass turned aside out of the road and went into the field. And Balaam struck the ass to turn her into the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards with a wall on either side. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed against the wall and pressed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. Then the angel of the Lord went ahead and stood in a narrow place, where there was no way to turn either to the right or to the left. When the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam, and Balaam's anger was kindled, and he struck the ass with his staff. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the ass, and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? And Balaam said to the ass, Because you have made sport of me. I wish I had a sword in my hand, for then I would kill you. And the ass said to Balaam, Am I not your ass upon which you have ridden all your life long to this day? Was I ever accustomed to do so to you? And he said, No. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, with his drawn sword in his hand. And he bowed his head and fell on his face. And the angel of the Lord said to him, why have you struck your ass these three times? Behold, I have come forth to withstand you, because your way is perverse before me. And the ass saw me and turned aside before me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, surely just now I would have slain you and let her live. Then Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I did not know that thou didst stand in the road against me. Now, therefore, if it is evil in thy sight, I will go back again. And the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with the men, but only the word which I bid you, thou shall you speak. So Balaam went on with the princes of Balak. There's a number of things that stand out in this scripture passage. But before I get to those, what happens next? What happens next, right? Well, when Balaam comes to Balak, 
he actually offers nothing but blessings over Israel. He tells what good things would happen to Israel in the land. Very much goes against Balak, and he's very upset with Balaam for pronouncing all those blessings upon Israel. But he could only say what the Lord gave him to speak. And it was clear the Lord's blessing was with Israel. Now, I tell this story because I have to remind myself of this often. And again, I started with this. If God can speak out of Balaam's ass, he can use anyone, including myself. I have to be open to what the Lord might be speaking in and around me, through others in my daily life. I often find that for myself, I'm nothing more than a stubborn, hard-headed ass most of the time. And yet, God can and still and many times has used me to speak into the life of others by his grace. I refer to myself as being a stubborn, hard-headed ass because in actuality, it is really, if you will forgive the bad puns and the dad jokes, but it's to illustrate the point. As I said at the beginning, it is Balaam who is the ass in this story. I find that I'm often Balaam. The Lord says, if, then. He says, follow me. But I try to do it my own way, in my own strength. I put my own terms on what the Lord has asked for me. I try to do it my own way. And that's just the point. Many of you might think when you read this scripture, if you don't read it carefully, you might miss, what's the big deal? What did Balaam do? The Lord said to go and speak what he told them, and he did. What's the big deal? What did Balaam do so wrong? But it's the condition. If the men come to call you, rise and go with them. But Balaam did not wait. He did not wait for the Lord. He did not wait for that condition, for that sign. He just got up and went. And you have to wonder, is there some pride in that? Is there some trying to do things in my own strength in that? And yet Balaam had a friend in this donkey. Clearly you see some sort of, even though it's it's an animal, you see some sort of familiar relationship. They know each other well. There's a respect there on the behalf of the donkey, but also on behalf of Balaam. You even see that when the angel says, if it wasn't for this donkey, I would have slain you. Because in the donkey's turning, she actually keeps Balaam safe. I think you see an element of the of the necessity of interceding for others. When we're confident they're, they're not hearing the Lord's voice, they just don't understand. Jesus says, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. I think you all, yes, you see the Lord speaking through this donkey, this humble donkey, but you also see, in a way, a glimmer of the importance of interceding for others. And I think that's a beautiful thing that we see in this story. Easy to overlook if we don't spend much time in it. Like I said, I find myself being more like Balaam than this donkey oftentimes. The Lord says, if then, I throw out those conditions, and I have found that I need the right kind of ass, <laughs> if you'll excuse the pun, in my life. That person, in this case a donkey, who intercedes for me, sees things more clearly, can sense the Lord's will and can kind of point me in the right direction and, and to keep me from going down the wrong path. So many times in my life, I've needed that person, those people. I've needed that kind of ass in my life. Again, 
bad dad joke. It's really just, at this point, just to get your attention, <laughs> I suppose. But stay with me. So when I say Balaam is the ass in his story, I mean that, of course, in the usual derogatory sense. Like he's the one that is has a hard heart and is refusing to follow the Lord in the truest sense, to hear his voice. And yet, his donkey is a good example to us of what humility and docility are supposed to look like. She sees the will of the Lord when Balaam cannot. She speaks, obviously only by God's power, but Balaam's eyes are then opened. He realizes his error and he repents. God is always speaking. Even if he is silent in a very real way, he's still always speaking. But sometimes due to my own stubbornness, sometimes due to my own pride, I don't hear him. More often, I get so distracted by all the things that tug on my time, running the kids here, running the kids there, this appointment and that one, this bill is due and so is that one, the pressure to prove myself, how much do we have in our bank account? Wait, do I really have to prove myself? Where did this come from? Where did that come from? What day is it again? That's due tomorrow? Like Balaam, I get so focused on the task that I neglect the Lord himself, and I neglect what the Lord is actually speaking into that situation. Like Michael Scott, sometimes I start my day and just hope I find it along the way. That doesn't leave much time for hearing the Lord speak. If we're honest, we all fall into these patterns at times in our life. We're all Balaam at one time or another. That's right. Even you are sometimes the ass in your own story. I know I'm the ass in my own story. There have been many moments in my life where I've needed help to hear what the Lord was saying. He can use the words of others, as I said earlier, to speak to us if we are open, if we are available, if we are humble enough, just like that donkey. That's the right kind of ass to be. If we are open, available, and humble enough to receive what he's saying, our eyes will be open and we can know the Lord's will. Those words can change our lives for the better. Sometimes it's jarring and unexpected. A talking donkey that's not hanging out with a big green guy named Shrek. I'm sorry, I didn't see that coming, Lord. When I reflect on my own life and my journey with Christ over the years, I have found that very often where I have heard the Lord speak to me the most is in relationships, through others, especially friends. I felt led to do this shorty and make it a part of our Hearing God's Voice series because really, that's what Draw Near has always been about from the very beginning. Draw near to Christ and draw near to one another. It's both those things. Draw near to Christ and draw near to one another. We are made for relationships. We're made for communion with God, but also with one another. We're created by love, for love, to love. It's not good for man to be alone, Scripture says. We live in a society that is supposedly more connected than ever, and yet we are more alone, more broken, and more disconnected than ever. It's easy for us to identify with a group of only the like-minded in the vacuum of social media, but actually looking someone in the eye and having a meaningful relationship with them, or even discussing things of any real significance and depth, eh, not so much. Things like self-checkout, I could do a whole ranting episode on self-checkouts, by the way. Anyways, further permeate our culture and subconsciously, we tell ourselves and we act like people don't matter. 
we can pretend that's not true. We can hide behind, well, there's not enough people willing to take the jobs. We can hide behind, well, uh, I'm in a hurry and sometimes that's the easiest. Yeah, sometimes that's true, but is it true all the time? Subconsciously, we are saying people don't matter. Relationships don't matter. That's a problem in our culture. Sorry, I'm going to try not to go on that rant. Anyway, relationships matter. We need to let go of the ideas that I don't need to know your name. I don't have time to care and what kind of day you're having. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for you to care what kind of day I'm having either. Just leave a like on my rage tweet. That'll be enough. Share if you agree. That's the culture we find ourselves in. Technology promises to make our lives easier, to save us time, yet we have less and less time for people. But here's the thing. Relationships are the only thing in this life more valuable than time. I'll say that again, because in a way, I think this is actually the main point of this episode. <laughs> Relationships are the only thing in this life more valuable than time. And if we believe the gospel message and we embrace the missionary call that we've all received in a very real way, there actually is something in this life that you can take with you when you die. What is it? Relationships. Love. Relationships. In scripture, Jesus tells us the greatest commandment. Love God, love your neighbor. Matthew 22, 36 through 40. If you want to look it up, love God, love your neighbor. In 1 John 4.20, we read that the love of God and the love of neighbor go hand in hand. They are inseparable. In John 13.34-35, Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that also you love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Love for one another. That implies that making room for people and allowing people into our lives in love to speak into our lives and to allow ourselves to lovingly speak into their lives is an important part of what this is supposed to be. We need each other. Our faith isn't meant to be something private. It's meant to be something that's shared, something that is experienced in community. When Jesus sent the disciples out, he didn't send them out as lone rangers. He sent them out by twos. Love God, love your neighbor. That's where it gets hard because it'd be so much easier to be holy without all these other people. Like it's the people in our lives that sometimes make it hard for us to be holy because they try our patience, they frustrate us, they make us angry, they hurt us. Yet the Lord uses them as the potter's hands to mold us and help us to become the vessels which he created us to be that he's called us to be, that he's gifted us to be. Even the people that drive us crazy, even your enemies, the Lord uses them to speak into our lives in a very real way to help us to become who he's calling us to be, just like that ass with Balaam. So what is walking with the Lord, hearing his voice, and living this communal friendship of love that we're all called to? What's it supposed to look like? Well, Scripture actually gives us plenty of examples here. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. Ephesians 4.29, by the way, all these will be linked in the show notes. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for edifying, as fits the occasion, 
that it may impart grace to those who hear. In other words, that it edifies the other, that it helps build them up. Balaam's ass did not immediately start calling him names and express anger and rage. Rather, she challenged Balaam in a very respectful, loving way. Hebrews 3.12-13 says, Take care, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Hebrews 10.23-24 says, And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. By the way, that is one of the verses that our name draw near comes from. Galatians 6.2, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law? Love God, love your neighbor. Balaam's ass, once again, demonstrates perfectly what Galatians 6.2 is supposed to look like. Proverbs 27.17, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We need these kind of relationships. We need others to speak into our life. We need to allow others to speak into our lives. But we also need to be humble, docile, and open like Balaam's ass to allow ourselves to speak into the lives of others. I would encourage you to spend some time reflecting on your own relationships and where you are with the Lord right now and how relationships have affected you to be where you are now, how they've helped, how they've hindered, what could have been done differently, and how the Lord has used those moments to bring you closer to him, to draw you closer to him. It's important that we remember that. First of all, I'm going to link my saying goodbye shorty in this episode because I think it relates. It's important that we reflect on those kind of relationships and how they've affected us because we need to encourage one another. We need to share that with those who have been brave enough to speak into our lives. But we also need to strive to be that kind of person for others, to be the right kind of ass in someone else's story rather than the wrong kind of ass in my own story. So what's the takeaway? Think of these as some ground rules, if you will. To be clear, you still need to have some disposition toward hearing. Ideally, you need to be in a state of grace. If not, the people in your life may be very clearly speaking what the Lord's will is, but you will stubbornly resist. Trust me, <laughs> I've seen it a lot in the lives of others and, and those I've tried to help, but I've also done it myself. <laughs> you need to be in the Word. Learning to hear the Lord's voice in Scripture helps you to understand and hear His voice speaking through others. Most people don't have Saul of Tarsus moments, right? Being knocked from the horse, their radical conversions. For most of us, hearing the Lord and doing his will is a process of discernment that lasts a lifetime, but we can't discern in a vacuum. How has the Lord gifted us? We find that in relationships. We find how the Lord has gifted us in relationships. Like any relationship, it takes commitment, it takes devotion, it takes love, it takes loyalty, it takes care, and it takes intention. On the other hand, the journey away from the Lord's will is rarely falling into the pit of mortal sin suddenly, dramatically. 
like Balaam, it's the little subtle compromises that add up again and again and again. It's a slow fade. We don't just fall into the pit, if you will. We dig it one spoonful at a time. This is also why we need people in our lives to look out for us, to bear the burden, to protect us and encourage us and to challenge us, just like Balaam's ass. Be the right kind of ass in somebody else's story instead of the wrong kind of ass in your own story. Also, we have to recognize that he's not going to speak anything that is genuinely from the Lord. It's not going to be inconsistent with Scripture or the deposit of faith. And here I'm going to come to what I would like to call the three keys <laughs> as I reflect on my own walk with Christ and throughout my life and how people have impacted my life and how the Lord has used them to speak into my life and even to a much lesser degree how he's used me to speak into the life of others. Again, I keep stressing this point. You have to be open to hearing. He can use anyone at any time in any moment. Secondly, and in some ways this is even more important, you have to give priority to those who know you best. I have experienced people in my life that, that and I've done this too early in my Christian walk, that are kind of just guilty of bouncing from stranger to stranger, seeking some dramatic word from the Lord. You have to keep in mind that the enemy of our souls is very real. We have Balak at work in our lives. And he hears what's spoken too. So keep in mind that he's perfectly okay letting you do a good thing rather than a great thing. He's okay with little victories as long as you don't arrive at that big one. He's also inclined to get you to do the right thing at the wrong time. Or the right thing for the wrong motivation, as St. Ignatius of Loyola tells us. So give priority to those who know you best. Like Balaam's ass, clearly there's a familiarity between Balaam and the donkey. You have to also be available. You have to make space for people in your life. And if you've listened this far, first of all, congratulations, because this is definitely not a shorty. You have to make space for people in your life. I'm sorry, introverts. I'm an introvert. You don't get a pass on this one. You can have you time, but you also have to have we time. The good news, though, is it's more about quality than quantity. Pope Francis tells us we're to have a passion for Christ and a passion for his people. His words, they fit that love God and love people so well. By available, I mean being authentic, being vulnerable, which is rare these days. Balaam's ass was very open and vulnerable and honest how she felt in that moment. And I could say a lot more about that, but I need to wrap up. Lastly, it takes humility. It takes humility to admit that you are the ass in your own story. Very often. I know that's true for me anyway. And that sometimes you, you try to take on too much by yourself. It takes humility to admit that at times you think you know better, even if you don't say it. That is the original sin after all. It takes humility to say, this cross is heavy today. Will you help me? It takes humility to be called to repentance and accepted. Balaam's ass called him to repentance, and he accepted it, and he repented. It takes humility to do that, to receive that from someone close to you, to be challenged. I think we too easily doubt that the Lord could use us for anything, that he could use us even to speak into the life of others. It takes humility to accept, ending where I began, it takes humility to accept that the Lord wants to speak through you that he wants to love through you. 
It also takes humility to accept that the Lord wants to love you and speak to you in and through your relationships. It takes humility to say, I feel alone and I need someone to walk with me. I need relationships that will help me hear the voice of the Lord. It takes humility to say, I need the right kind of ass in my story. It takes humility to not be the wrong kind of ass in your own story and the right kind of ass in someone else's. Thanks again, everyone. I hope this reflection was a blessing to you. Uh, I'm fairly certain you will not hear so much potty language on any future episode of Draw Near. <laughs>